There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth, distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Well, here we are at the first Sunday in the Advent season. And Advent is uh, not only the time as we anticipate the birth of the Christ child, it's also uh, the beginning of our church year. I think this needs turned down maybe. The beginning of our church year, and it is the time we remember this story that ends with the return of Christ in all his glory. This is the greatest love story that has ever been told, and we are a part of this story. But you know, every time we get to Advent, it always seems jarring that the lectionary or the common readings for the church would have these stories of, you know, uh, gloom and doom and, you know, the shaking of the heavens and all these kinds of things. And, you know, I, I, I'm willing to bet that if I took a poll of those online and those here in the sanctuary and I said, you know, would you rather we focused on uh, the birth of the baby or the, the end of times when Jesus returns, then 99% of the people would say, oh, the baby, please. And yet here we are with one of those texts about the end. You see, in many ways, it's, it's that we look at this baby in the manger in Bethlehem, and, and it evokes all these feelings of tenderness, of love. It's a beautiful story. We think of the, the lights and the gift and, and, and the love that's all around that story. And then we think about the end of times, and we have all these images of, you know, God's going to come down and zap and get the people that I don't like finally, after all, woohoo, you know. Uh, and we think too much about uh, Paul's uh, statement in 1 Thessalonians where the trumpet will sound, doo -doo -doo, and then Jesus will come down, you know, riding on a cloud or whatever. Woohoo! I always think of Slim Pickens in, uh, in Dr. Strangelove riding down the bomb. Woohoo! You know, and somehow that image of Jesus is just not the one we want during the Advent season. But I think we have a tendency to misinterpret and misunderstand 
this sense of the end of times. I, I think we misrepresent what Jesus is really telling us. And of course, we have this beginning of the story, we have the end of the story, both of which we are anticipating in Advent, but the, the, the truth of the matter is, you and I, we have to live in the middle. We have to live between that gift of the child and the final redemption and completion of all things. We live in the middle. And the question that Advent puts before us is, what will we do? How will we live in between the birth and the return and completion of the new creation and the kingdom of God? I think that today Luke points us toward three things that can carry us through this Advent season and really throughout our Christian year if we pay attention. And the first thing we have to keep before us is the problem of our expectations. You see, when we think about Christ's return, we've developed all of these images about what that might be, even though Jesus really doesn't have that much to say about it. And if you remember 2,000 years ago, the people of Israel were awaiting the return of the Messiah, the Messiah who would be the one like King David that was going to restore Israel to its greatness. And their expectations was that this was going to be a great warrior, this was going to be a great king. And so Jesus comes, God in the flesh, and their expectations obscure their ability to see who he is. You know, one of the things that often happens to us in our uh, Christmas Advent season is that we develop a whole bunch of expectations. We have expectations about the shopping. Kids have expectations about what they're going to receive. We have expectations about the gatherings that we will hold. We have expectations about what our spouse and our, our children and, and our friends will do. And, and then there is inevitably this moment during the season when you snap at one of them and you say, well, why aren't you doing X? And it's because we have expectations that someone else may not hold. There is always this problem of expectations that get in the way of seeing what it is God might be doing in our midst. I mean, the perfect example of being able to set aside expectations are Mary and Joseph. This baby was not in the least what either of them had expected, but because of their openness to what God is doing, they were able to say, here I am, use me as you will. And so the first message about the Advent season is to remember that we have expectations, but never should we let them get in the way of what God is doing and being able to see what God is doing in our midst. But there's a second thing that this 
text puts before us and really puts this, I think, gloom and doom into a different light. If you go back in this chapter of Luke and you track it all the way back, if I read it, I would still be reading this whole section because it begins with Jesus announcing the destruction of the temple. And it's very possible that Jesus is actually talking about the temple of his body that will be destroyed in the crucifixion. But the next thing that these disciples do is they go, well, what are the signs? Tell us what are going to be the signs of the end in, in God returning. And that's when Jesus begins this litany. Oh, there are going to be wars and rumor of wars. Oh, there will be plagues. Oh, there, there will be violence and there will be uh, earthquakes and all manner of terrible things happening. And he says, but that's not it. <laughs> You're like, okay. And then he says, you know, and there will be family set against family, but you, you, that's not it either. Almost as if Jesus is going through this list of things and saying, you know what, that's the way the world is. And in fact, that's the way the world has been since Jesus' time and, and up to today. And you all know that there are always groups out there who are going, oh, that's it, there's the sign. And then they go and they, they sit on some bluff out in the middle of New Mexico, you know, waiting because it's the end and then the day passes and they pack up their duffel bags and they have to go down into oblivion because the, the signs of the times are always the things that are happening in the world. It is not a very good world. And yet here is the, the twist in this. They're asking Jesus this while he is standing right in front of them. Jesus is the sign that they have been waiting for. Jesus is the sign of God's love. Jesus is the sign of God's redemption. Jesus is the sign of God's presence. They're looking right at him, and what they're asking is, give me a sign. Wow. So Jesus then says, you know, look at the sun, the moon, the stars. Uh, the Son of Man will come in the clouds, not riding on a cloud. It's as if obscured. Look, there are clouds. And then he does this story. Look at the fig tree. When it blooms, you know summer has come. Jesus is saying, if you look around, you will see signs of God present to us everywhere you look. You will see signs of God in the, in the clouds. You will see signs of God in the trees. You will see signs of God when you focus on the very breath within your lungs. But instead, we spend all our time focusing on all the terrible things that are happening so we get ourselves filled with fear of the world. You have all had the experience at some time of, you know, you spend too much time in the house with the TV on or on the internet, filling your mind with all these gloom and doom and terrible things, and you go out for a walk. And the trees and the sun and the sky remind you that God is with you, and it is not all gloom and doom. 
the signs of God with us are all around us. And so Jesus says, you know, stand up, lift up your heads, look around you. Look at me. God is here with you right now, working to sustain you and working for your life and redemption. Look up. Look around. Look for the signs of God with us. And then, on, on top of setting aside our expectations, on top of lifting <clears throat> excuse me, our eyes and looking for signs of the living God in our midst, comes the, what I think is the most important lesson that we are to carry through Advent. This is the season of love come down. This is the season when we tell this great love story of God loving the whole world so much that he would send us this gift of Jesus. And as Jesus departs us until the time of his return, he really leaves us with one thing that he wants us to do. Love. Jesus says it's all wrapped up in loving God and then loving your neighbor, pouring that love of God out in the world. And I'm here to tell you, if we get that wrong, we get the whole story of Jesus wrong. It is all about the love of God in Jesus Christ poured out in the world to all. And every time you and I act in a way that is loving, every time we show compassion, every time we show kindness, every time we show generosity, Jesus comes again and the kingdom of God is near. Every time we feed someone who is hungry, every time we visit someone who is sick, Jesus returns in our midst and the kingdom of God draws near. Every time we pour God's love out in the world, Jesus returns for that one moment. For that one moment, the kingdom of God draws near. Can you imagine if for just one day, every Christian in the world decided all I'm going to do is pour out God's love to everyone I need, meet, don't you think that the kingdom of God and Jesus Christ would be as visible as it's been in 2,000 years? Friends, our journey through Advent invites us to set aside our expectations. It invites us to look for the signs in our midst of God's presence. And most of all, it says to us, we are the ones that we are waiting for. We are the ones who are commanded and called to pour out the love of God in Jesus Christ in this world, here and now, and to do it with all our heart and soul. 
until Jesus returns to finish this love story. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.